Welcome to another week of the Uproar Podcast, where we believe that the power of God is still moving and changing a generation. Yo, turn your cameras on real quick. I want to see faces. I'm believing that we're not just going to hear a message on Zoom, but I believe that God's going to do something in your life. Can you believe that with me? I, I don't think God is bound by having to be right here in the same place. I think God can be right where you are, right where I am. And here's the difference. He'll meet you on your faith. This is, this is where it is. If you believe that God's going to meet you right now, turn your camera on, lift up your hands. I'm going to pray. And I'm going to believe that Jesus is going to show up right where you are. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that you would invade right where we are. That, Lord, you, you don't need us to be in the same room, but you need us to be in the same faith. You need us to be in the same heart. You need us to be in the same level of hunger. So I pray even now, Father, a, a hunger inside of us, a faith inside of us to meet with you even tonight, that our lives would never look the same because of what you've done on our behalf. So in the name of Jesus, we pray an increase of the anointing, an increase of faith, that you would meet us right here and right now, that our lives would reflect heaven even greater from this day forward. In the mighty name of Jesus, can I hear an amen in the chat like you've never typed before? Come on, look, I'm excited about it. I'm going to talk to you tonight about something the Lord's been talking to me about, and we're going to call it Freaky Faith, How to Scare the Devil. And first, I want to start just real quick with, 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 with the story of Uproar Conference, because, you know, what you see now is definitely not where it started. What you see now is not what it's always been. What you see now is, is the Lord over the last decade doing mighty things every single year. 11 years ago, I was in a prayer meeting with a bunch of youth pastors, and I felt the Lord say this. I felt them say, my people are the largest demographic, but the quietest voice. And it's time to raise up a new generation that won't be quiet about the things of God. So we booked a couple bands, we booked a couple speakers, $20,000 later, we had no money, a big fat zero on money. And the Lord said this, charging yeah. forward, and he also said, don't fundraise yet. So we just were chilling. We were just waiting, waiting on a check, being obedient, having, having freaky faith. And I'll tell you what, it freaked out the admin department. It freaked out the finances. Like, hey, where's your money? You should at least do a bake sale. So I don't know. Check the mailbox again. Like, I, I know the Lord told me what to do. Someone didn't send the check yet. I don't know. Call the guy that's supposed to send the check. Who is it? I don't, I don't even know. Someone was supposed to send the check. And I just kept playing with him like that. And it was like March. And they came to me and they, they were mad. And uh, I got a call from a dad. And he wanted to meet with me on Friday morning, which was never good because youth night was Thursday night. Friday was my day off. And he said, I want to meet with you and with pastor on Friday morning. I said, oh, man. You know that feeling of like, I know that I'm in trouble. And we sat from 8 until 8.30 in the morning and talked about nothing. Bro, if I could tell you I was mad, I was mad. You got me up early. You made me come sit here with my boss. And now, like, bro, you just want to have small talk at eight in the morning. What's wrong with you? And he gets up. He's like, well, I got to go to work, but I wanted to give this to you and put in my hands a check. And I don't want to be awkward and weird and open it in front of them. And, and like, I knew that you guys were doing this youth thing. I wanted to give this to you. And when he left, I opened it up and it was a $10,000 check. Half of our budget 
in one conversation. We didn't have to fundraise. We didn't have to do anything. It was by faith and obedience to the Lord. A week later, we were going to dinner with somebody. And I, I love going to dinner, especially when I don't got to pay. And there, that we're going to a spot that it was really good. And uh, she's like, I just want to make sure you guys are going to be at dinner like you normally are. I was like, of course, I don't miss dinner. So we showed up, normal stuff. I didn't think anything of the call. And at the end, she's like, I heard how much the other guy gave. And not out of competition, but I wanted to give. I just never knew how much. And when I heard how much he gave, the Lord told me to give the same. And she gave us like a $9,800 check, almost matched the same exact. And in seven days, the Lord paid for what he asked us to do. And it's crazy because you fast forward now this decade and what has happened is nothing short of miraculous. Over $600,000 has come in. We haven't begged. We haven't pleaded. We haven't paid anybody late. And the, the money's not the big thing. The big thing is the life change is the thousands of people that have came, the thousands of people that have been impacted by Jesus, the hundreds that got baptized this last year. And I want to encourage you, it's not just faith for me, but God's got a freaky faith for you. And it's time to put the devil on the run. Now, we know when we talk about faith, people love Hebrews 11 verse 1, right? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of, of, of things that, that, uh, that are not yet seen. We know that this is the verse that a lot of people use but the word faith has an actual definition. Write this down for me. Faith's definition is this. It's a conviction of a reality. This is what faith is. Faith is a conviction of a reality. Like nobody, nowhere, no how, no when can talk you out of what God has put inside of you. It is a truth that can never be stolen. It is a truth that cannot be shaken. It's a truth that you can't have it talked out of you. And this is what faith is. And if you're going to cause a stir in, in, in the spiritual realm, if you're going to stay claim where you are, if you're going to do what Jesus has asked you to do, you need to stand on a conviction of a reality that's birthed from the word of God and the spirit of God. I need you to get this. It's a conviction of a reality. And genuine faith doesn't bend under pressure, doesn't run in the face of fear. Like you look through the Bible, right? And it's crazy what faith does when you actually realize it's a conviction of reality and it doesn't shift, it doesn't change. Think about it. Faith, according to the word of God, doesn't bow to any fire. Look at Daniel chapter three. Bow to this idol. They said, heck no, we never will. We'll bow to God and that's it. And they stood when everyone else bowed. And they were faced with fire. But genuine faith doesn't bow in the face of fire. And they stood and they were thrown into the fire. And four were standing there. The fourth man was Jesus. They came out not even smelling like smoke. What was the difference? It was faith. Faith. It was a conviction that I'll never bow to anybody but Jesus. Faith isn't scared to be canceled because they realize they've been crucified with Christ already that they're not for this world, but they're going to heaven anyways. And we'll stand on the word of God, no matter what a generation says, no matter how people try to attack truth, that we're going to stand no matter what, that a conviction of the reality doesn't change just because a generation wants to change truth. Faith destroys what puts other people on the run. Think about it like this. While the rest of the world is running, while the rest of the church is running, your faith, your conviction in the reality of Jesus 
will stand and not only stand, but will run at the problem while everyone else is running from the problem. Your freaky faith is going to run at some giants. Your freaky faith is going to take some heads while everyone else is hiding from the giants that are shouting. And it's time to get a conviction of a greater reality that it's Jesus Christ, that it's Jesus that has set us, it's Jesus, Jesus that has called us, it's Jesus that will build with us things that the world has never seen by faith. You know, it, it, it's a freaky faith that will speak to the mountains that have been standing for generations. It's a freaky faith that will speak to the mountains that other Christians will run from. It's a freaky faith that, 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 that will speak to the mountains of issues that we're looking at right now in this world. And they'll say, they'll cast them into the, into the ocean, like Jesus said in Mark chapter 11, verse 23. You know, I, I'm so sick of the world thinking that they came up with this idea of manifesting things. No, no, no. We manifest things by the, by the word of God, by faith in God, and the faith in God and the word of God goes farther than the world's manifestations. And it's time to get something inside of our heart that I'm not going to bow. I'm not going to run. I'm going to speak life. I'm going to speak things into existence on behalf of God. I'm going to have a faith that puts the devil on the run. You know, I was just thinking about it the other day. And I asked, does anybody have a testimony of what God is doing in your life? And one of our group chats with the generational missionaries from conference, and this was powerful, this one young man sent me a text. He said, you can share this with whoever you want. This is what happened. And can I tell you, this is who we are. This is who you are. We get this in your heart real quick. Stop writing. And I want you to own this in your heart. He said, after one of our calls, he, he, he felt to ask the Lord for more boldness and more opportunities. On, on Saturday night, after he prayed that, someone showed up at his house drunk, looking for the Lord. You know how drunk people are sometimes. They started looking for Jesus. So he shared the Lord with this drunk person, laid hands on him afterwards, and the person got instantly sober. And then on Monday, he goes to school and he's sitting in class and his teacher comes in and the teacher starts mocking Preachers who believe in healing, laying hands on the sick. And she has this voodoo doll. And she's going on and on. And this young man has a freaky faith. You know, this is the same type of faith that you have. If you're part of uproar, this is who you are. This is what you do. This is, this is who we are. He stood up in the middle of class, looked at his teacher, and said, that's witchcraft. And the whole class got silent. As he's standing, him and his teacher, and he starts addressing the fact that it was witchcraft. And then he starts to share what Jesus has done in his life. He starts to share his testimony. And what happens at the end of his testimony is seven people gave their life to Jesus in the middle of a public schoolroom in the middle of class. Later that day in Woodshop, you want to know what happened? Someone came up to him and said, I heard what happened. And they gave their life to Jesus. In a matter of two days, guys, two days, this young man had two opportunities to stand in freaky faith 
and have the devil on the run. That teacher apologized. Those young people gave their life to Jesus. And my question is this, who's going to have freaky faith like this young man to hold the heads of some giants? Mm -hmm. Who's going to have freaky faith like this young man to speak to mountains, to be cast into the sea? Who's going to have freaky faith to be like this young man? Who's going to stand when the whole world is against them? Who's going to be the next one? That's the question that we're asking. Because uproar is not an idea. Uproar is how we live. We're not quiet. We're not silent. We're not in the background. We shake things up. And you can only shake things up by faith. First John chapter 5, verse 4 says, and this is how we overcome the world, by our faith. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of people, they have faith for eternity. They have faith for, for heaven. But you need faith for today. You need faith for your school. You need faith for your generation. You need faith for right now. And I know I'm speaking to somebody even on the other side of this. They're saying, I want to be like this young man. It's easy. Have faith in God. Pray for opportunities. And when that opportunity arises, get a boldness inside of you that's not going to be quiet, that's not going to be silent, and step out where no one else would. You don't want to know the, the, the craziest things that happen you hear about? It was someone who was willing to do what nobody else would. And I think you got freaky faith. I think you have faith that'll put the devil on the run. Faith that'll, that'll have Christians be like, whoa, 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 whoa. What is this person doing? Who are they? I never even knew this person. It's not about knowing who you are. It's your spirit, man, having a mighty faith to do mighty things. And I'll tell you what, tomorrow, your school's not safe. Tomorrow, that bus ride, it's not safe. Tomorrow, your workplace, it's not safe. Tomorrow, your classmates, that sports team, they're not safe in terms of the gospel. Anybody, anybody that comes in your path is liable to run into the, the greatest changing agent in this world. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ and the salvation that it carries. And, you know, I think it's time that the church stops being quiet. I think it's time that you stop being quiet. I think it's time that we pray some prayers that'll shape nations. I think it's time that we start to shape classrooms first. I think it's time that we start to shake inside of our families first. And it's time to stop sitting back and just talking about faith, but using our faith to do mighty things. Here's my question. Who is going to be the next one that stands in the fire because of their faith? Who's going to be the next one that speaks to the mountain because of their faith? Who's going to be the next one who, who, who's holding the head of Goliath? Who's going to be the next one that walks around the walls of Jericho? Who's going to be the next one that looks Pharaoh in the eyes and says, let my people go? Who is going to be the next one in this generation? We're not waiting for more Billy Grahams. We're not waiting for more John G. Lakes. There's a generation that's rising up right now to cause an uproar, and I think God's calling you. I know that Jesus is calling you. My question is, who's next? Who's it going to be? Because the limitation is not on, are you a pastor? Are you a pastor's kid? Are you, the, are you the pastor's pet? The limitation is on hunger. The limitation is on your desire. The limitation is on availability. And I'm looking at you, and I'm telling you what, it's not just... Are you a great worshiper at church? I love that. But are you a great ambassador at your school? Who are you? And do you have faith that puts the devil on the run? What is it that you need to speak to? Where is it that you need to stand? What is it that God has asked you to do that you haven't yet done? Who is that person that you need to share the gospel with? Where is it that you need to take a stand 
And these are the moments that we start to define who we are and what our generation is going to go through, what our generation is going to have freedom from. And this is the moment that we get to ask who's next, who's holding Goliath's head. You know, I'm looking at this call. I see Elijah. I, I see Zoe. I see Paige. I see Faith. I see Ariana. I see the age. I, I see you guys. And here's my question. Are you going to be the next one? You know, think about it like this. God has always wanted revival in your school. God has always wanted revival in your city. He's always wanted, he's always wanted the salvation of people, the redemption, the redemption of man more than you have ever wanted it. You know what I think he's looking for in this generation? Who's going to match his desire? You're looking, you're like, well, God, I hope that you could use me. No, he wants to use your life. He wants to use you on the other side of this camera. And you can even feel that faith right now. I, I feel there's five or six people over here. You're actually catching this word in your heart. And you feel the presence of God in your room even right now. Lift your hands if you feel the presence of God even right now in your room. I, I want to pray for you. I believe that God's going to use your life. It's availability. It's hunger. This is the difference. It's having freaky faith. Faith that speaks the mountains, holds the heads of giants, marches around the walls. Lift your hands up even right now. Your camera's off. I can't see you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I release even now a fresh level of faith. I pray that faith would be increased even now. Lord, he, Paul said in Ephesians 3 that we would be strengthened in our inner man. I pray a strength in the inner man even now. Father, a grace and a strength in the inner man to be used for mighty works. I release it in the name of Jesus, even right now. Elisha, you're going to start to get opportunities even tomorrow, young man. God is going to use your life even starting tomorrow. I feel like there's going to be two or three people for you to lay hands on tomorrow, and God is going to put you in a perfect position to do so. And it's not time to sit back. It's time to go ahead and move forward. It's time to move forward. It's time to move forward. I release faith in the name of Jesus for mighty works on behalf of the gospel that we would cause an uproar in our generation. Lord, not to raise ourselves up, but to raise you up. Not to raise up a church, but to raise up a generation that would love Jesus, a generation that would carry freedom. Father, increase the presence of Jesus in our life even right now. We know where the spirit of the Lord is. There is freedom. So in the name of Jesus, I pray freedom everywhere we go. I pray a greater carrying of the spirit and the presence of God that we would release glory where we walk. That God, you would do mighty things on our behalf. That if they were, if, if shadows were, were healing in, in, in acts, that Father, hands would heal in the schools, that truth would be released, that freedom would happen. Father, give us the hard cases that no one else would want. Give us those who are already hungry, hungry and that are close. Give us those who have an opportunity to come to you. Father, I pray even now, the gifts would flow in our hearts. They would flow through our hands. And mighty things would happen in the name of Jesus. If you receive that, if you're ready to hold the heads of giants, if you're ready to do great and mighty things, will you just give a shout in your bedroom, wherever you are right now, if you're going to be used by God? Don't look at me like I'm crazy. Give a shout even right now. Receive it. Give a shout right where you are and receive that. She said, Ooh. no, give a shout like you're like you're like you're on the seventh day walking around the walls of Jericho. I believe that God's going to use your life. Now, here's what we're going to do.
Because I don't want conference ever again to be just something that you attend. You are an uproar. This is something that you're a part of. So here's what, here's what we're going to do with this. Since you're a part of this, since I'm a part of this, Pastor Tim's a part of this, we're going to not just have the monthly call, but I got to call the action for you because here's the truth. It's easy to get on a call, but what happens we get when we got to do something personal with it? And that concludes another week of the Uproar Podcast. We want to invite you to share this podcast on all social media platforms and help us spread the good news of the gospel. Also, you can subscribe to this podcast for updates on all of our latest content.